Once Upon a Time is right now, here on Fable City Radio, with your host, Martha Whitehouse. Tonight on Fable City Radio, we will be diving into a very special fairy tale. Or is it? The Pied Piper of Hamelin is a tale to be sure, but it is in all likelihood based on a real event that happened in 1284 in the town of Hamelin in Germany, where it is said that 130 children disappeared. Or did they? Hear the true story. But first, sit back, relax, and enjoy The Pied Piper of Hamelin. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful small town called Hamelin in Germany. The people of Hamelin were good, hard-working, faithful people, but there was one town problem that no one could solve. The town of Hamelin was overrun with rats. When a good mother of Hamelin sought to bake a pie, as soon as she laid out the ingredients, five rats would scurry up the legs of her kitchen table and run away carrying the sugar, flour, salt, and eggs. When a father tucked in his daughter, he had no way to know if he was tucking in his own sweet child or his own sweet child along with 10 or 12 rats. The rats were underfoot everywhere. They were under the mayor's house. They were under the organ in the church. They were sleeping in the butcher's cold room and the beer maker's tap room. They were opening jars and cupboards and dancing in butter churns. They were invading the fields and every cottage garden and eating everyone in Hamlin out of house and home. Finally, the villagers all gathered together and pressed the town fathers to do something to rid the town of the rats. But the town fathers didn't have any answers. The villagers threatened to leave Hamlin, but all the leaders could do was send them home to their rat-infested dwellings. While the town elders and the church fathers were locked in a heated discussion about the best course of action, there came a loud knock outside on the church's front door. Who could that be with the temerity to interrupt us in our important business, asked the mayor. An altar boy hurried to open the door, and much to his surprise, he found a stranger dressed in a brightly colored suit of red and yellow. He wore a long scarf of matching red and yellow silk, and tied to the end of the scarf was a silver flute. Who are you? demanded the priest. We are busy and important men. Busy trying to rid yourself of a plague of rats? asked the man, looking amused. How did you know that? asked the mayor. Never mind, just state your business so we can get on with ours. I am here on your business, said the colorful stranger. I have a talent, and using this silver pipe, I can pipe away your troubles and your rats. All I ask is a fair wage for my work. A thousand gold pieces would suit me, and I think it's a very fair price. A thousand, exclaimed the mayor. We would do anything to get rid of these rats. If you can do it, which I doubt, you deserve a reward. The odd piper bowed low and returned to the street. He put his pipe to his lips and began to play a strange tune that no one had heard before. No sooner had the silver pipe played its first few notes when the town heard the scurrying sound of thousands of tiny feet and a stream of rats and mice of all shapes, sizes, and colors began flowing into the street and around the feet of the piper. The stream became a river of rodents. As the piper danced down the street, the rats flowed out of houses and inns and every shop in the town. They tumbled out of fields and gardens and the piper led them all away down the road and to the Wesser River. The piper kicked off his shoes and waded into the river, and the vermin followed, leaping into the water and swimming until they drowned. 
The piper, exhausted, returned to the town fathers and bowed low, saying, The deed is done, gentlemen. If you will but pay me my thousand in gold, I will be on my way to the next town that needs my help. A thousand gold crowns, exclaimed the mayor. That amount is extravagant. We can't pay that. In truth, the town coffers had plenty of gold, but the mayor was thinking of all the food and wine the town could buy now that the rats would trouble their cellars no more. No, we certainly won't pay that much, said the priest, thinking of the new set of vestments he wanted to order and a new set of altar equipment for the church. Why don't you give this gentleman uh, 50 gold crowns, he suggested to the mayor. Oh yes, 50 crowns is sufficient, and then you can be on your way, said the mayor. The piper looked very displeased and said, I won't take 50, and as it looks like you don't intend to honor our bargain, I must warn you that our agreement is binding and you won't like the payment I extract if I can't get a fair deal from you. Who are you to warn anyone, bellowed the mayor. Get out of here and don't come back. Very well, said the piper, and he left the church. When he reached the street, he put his pipe to his mouth and started playing a sweet tune. This time it was not rats, but children who followed the sound of the pipe, unable to resist the call of the piper. In fact, every child in Hamlin over the age of four ran to the piper's side and he led them down the main street of the town and out into the countryside. The startled townspeople ran after their children, but the Pied Piper led them higher and higher into the hills. He led them up to a steep cliffside and played another special note. The mountainside opened up, and the piper led the children through the opening, and then the mountain closed behind them. The parents of the children cried and wailed and dug at the side of the mountain to no avail. Their children were gone forever. All that is except for one little boy. He was deaf and had a limp and never heard the piper, but he followed his playmates out of curiosity. He couldn't keep up with the parade of children because of his crutch, and they passed through the mountain without him. The town mourned the loss of their children, but the little deaf boy lived a long life with his grateful parents, and he kept the memory of his playmates alive in his heart, and he dreamed every night that they lived happily ever after in a wondrous land of music and dance. The End I hope you enjoyed my version of the Pied Piper of Hamelin. I had fun delving into the mystery of the disappearance of the so-called children of the town of Hamelin, Germany in 1284. The town of Hamelin is today a beautiful, beautifully preserved city and the town still bears monuments erected to honor the so-called lost children. And I encourage you to look it up online or visit it if you're in Germany. It is part of what is known as the fairy tale route. Established in 1975, it's a kind of a pilgrimage for fairy tale fans who want to experience the geographical locations for famous German fairy tales like the Grimm stories. Hamelin even has a street where dancing and singing are not allowed in to the story, and part of the town gate through which the piper allegedly led the children is on display in a local museum. It's my dream trip, although I have never taken it. In the story, the town of Hamlin is suffering from a rat infestation. Although the actual Black Plague didn't start until around the year 1346, the worries about rodents, their ability to steal food, and the fear of illness and disease associated with them were very much on the mind of people in 1284. There are various versions of the Pied Piper story. By the way, the word Pied or Pied refers to the multiple colors that the Piper wore. 
In some versions of the story, after the Piper gets stiffed by the town fathers in Hamlin, he lures away the children and drowns them in a truly gruesome fashion, just like he dispatched the rat horde. In other versions, he leads the children to a magical paradise after opening up a hole in a mountainside and dancing all the children through it. As I mentioned in the introduction, the Pied Piper story is a tale based on the town of Hamlin losing a significant number of its youth in the 13th century. The departure of so many people was apparently a traumatic experience for the town, and the story of a magical piper driven by revenge to kidnap all of the children in the town over the age of four is compelling. But it's not a true story, at least not the magical piper part. And actually, even the rats showing up in that story weren't added till much later in, in other retellings of the story after uh, more in the 16th century when those showed up, 16th and 17th century. Some historians now believe that the real truth behind the disappearances was actually a migration and not a kidnapping. In that part of the world in the 13th century, property could only be inherited by the eldest male child in each family, and younger siblings were liable to become serfs, working on the land that they in no way would ever own. There were recruiters who had the reputation of being silver-tongued salesman types, who recruited settlers to move to lands conquered in battle in what is now Poland. One linguist researcher named Jürgen Udolf ran searches on the names of families in Hamlin and found a high frequency of the same surnames in families in one part of Poland, and he theorized that the so-called missing children were simply youth who had no hope of acquiring land of their own, so they followed the enticements of recruiters, known at the time as locators, who made money by encouraging and facilitating new settlements east of Germany. Another theory was that because of tensions between Christian and pagan sects, a pagan tradition of leading a dancing procession into the hills surrounding the town to light ceremonial bonfires was scapegoated for the departure of Hamlin's children by leading unwary Christian youth off of the path of righteousness. Still another theory ties the story of the disappearance to the psychogenic disease state known as St. Vitus Dance, in which large groups of people would start dancing wildly over great distances, seemingly unable to stop until they collapse in exhaustion. The dancers would often stop at shrines built to the Christian martyr St. Vitus, which is where the disorder gets its name. These instances of mass hysterical dancing were well documented at the time, and uh, one group of children were documented to have danced over 12 miles in 1237, and another incident occurred when a large group of people danced on a bridge causing it to collapse in 1278. Since these and other incidents of the dancing disease were well known at the time, the fictional account of the children following and dancing to the tune of the piper may have been inspired by these stories as well. Whatever the truth is, the real story had a profound effect on the residents of Hamlin in 1284, an effect that supported a popular legend for over 700 years. Keep reading until the next time we meet in Fable City Radio.